0: Hey y'all and welcome back to another podcast by Be Still and Run. This was originally recorded as a midweek motivation, but when I looked at the time and realized it was 18 minutes and I still had more to say, I was like, okay, this is going to have to be turned into a normal podcast. So this one is on living in passion rather than feeling and It's sort of like a spaghetti episode because I kind of go all over the place. Um, but I I talk a little bit about how Jesus should be our ultimate passion and what passion is and just a bunch of different things. (laughs) And I end with a challenge of just asking God to open your eyes. So, I hope you guys enjoy. I, um, I actually really enjoyed recording this podcast I I got chills while I was talking a few times um so yeah I hope it sparks something inside of you and encourages you or uh god forbid can fix you not that convicting is bad but yeah so I hope you guys enjoy So I wanted to start today's podcast off with reading a portion of You Win in the Locker Room First, The 7 C's to Build a Winning Team in Business, Sports, and Life. And this section is by Mike Smith. It's on page 131. It is important to understand that there is a difference between passion and emotion. The difference between the two is that passionate involves a belief about something. Emotions involve feelings about something. You want to be a passionate leader who makes decisions that are based on belief and principle over those that are based on feeling. After all, you won't always feel like doing the right thing, but if you live based on belief and principle, you will do what needs to be done. Sometimes you don't feel like working hard, but your belief in improvement and growth makes you do it. When you have a belief in something, there is a process that you have gone through to form that belief. When you are passionate about a subject, you are well versed in it and the decisions that you make are going to be well thought out and studied. Emotion on the other hand causes you to act in illogical ways more often than not. An emotional decision is usually a spur of the moment by the seat of your pants decision that has not been well thought out and often leads to poor outcomes. Emotions are hard to control, and they are usually self-serving and illogical, weakening your leadership. Passion, on the other hand, is the engine that drives you to be a great leader and build a winning team. End quote. And I just absolutely loved that section of their book. Um, I believe this was, well, their extra, so beyond their model that they talk about. And I have always heard, you know, some Christian some Christians say that passion is actually not a good thing, that it's of this world. And though that can be true in the scriptures it's always talking about these different ways that we can live in joy and how we have work set out before us that we were accomplished to do and we're told to do his will with thanksgiving and with joy. And we're supposed to live with peace and um I can't remember the verse. I think it's Hebrews twelve two. It talks about how Jesus endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the glory of God but he oh I can't remember oh yes so it was looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, and then it goes on. So he endured the cross because of the joy that he knew he was going to get. He he knew what was right and he did it and then got the results, got the feelings that came along with it, which were joy and peace and he knew he did what the father wanted him to do even though he technically was begging god in the garden before he was betrayed he was asking god like i don't want to go through this he knew he had the feelings and he had the pain that came along with what he knew was going to happen and yet because of what he knew was after what he knew he was going to accomplish and what he knew he was doing for people and it was the will of his father that he decided to do it anyway and that has that has been something that i have really really been struggling with because a lot of people will think, you know, I'm just going to do what's what I feel like doing because God's way is not, not going to bring me joy. It's not going to bring me happiness. And I'm just going to be doing it, you know, with feelings of grudgery and, like, I'm going to be miserable. And that's not... How many times in the bible does it say that our reward is going to be miserable he said we're going to have tribulation but what about after that why are we so stuck on what is happening now that we can't look at what's ahead excuse me a lot of times um satan will offer us pleasure before we then get guilt or regret or like in other words I can't remember how the phrase goes but Satan offers pleasure and does not tell you what you are gonna have to pay for that later But God will offer you a challenge, offer you tribulation, which then grows you and leads you to him. And you get all of these rewards. Like, Why would we choose the short time of pleasure over having tribulation for a little while, having to work for something, and then receiving the rewards that last way longer than the pleasure that Satan is offering or the world or just sin in itself. It offers pleasure and it does not remind us of the consequences we're going to have to pay. And so a lot of times our feelings, since we are fleshly, since we are sinful creatures, our feelings are going to lead us down wrong paths if we follow them. Um, feelings are a good thing. They were created by God, and we should thank him for them, but they should not lead us. Some people say, you know, they feel like God is leading them somewhere. Well, that is Is totally different if they are honestly saying they feel led by God to do something that's not the feeling I'm talking about the feeling I'm talking about is if you begin feeling regret okay that regret should not lead our decisions and what we do if we feel fear we should not live out of that fear whereas if we feel characteristics of the Holy Spirit like I know sometimes I'll just get this urge to love someone in my family or to write them a note those feelings are good go by those feelings or I wouldn't necessarily say go by them but I mean do it but it's the true acts of love that we do for them And we do it joyfully, even though we don't want to do it. That is going to show us where our true motive and our true heart is. And I feel like I'm all over the place. So, passion, on the other hand, is something that we could talk about hours on end with no script in hand, something that we could just go on and on and it consumes our mind, it consumes our thoughts. I know for a long time, um, even still now sometimes I struggle with it, but running, it would just, every decision I made was wrapped up in, oh is this going to affect my run tomorrow? Is this, what should I be doing? Should I um, help this person with what they need or is this going to affect my long run in a day or two and when I noticed that it was starting to get in between me serving God and my or I'm saying that backwards So when I noticed that running was starting to overcome my mind, I was praying that, Lord, just, I'll give you everything. Just let me run. Just let, I just want to run. Like, I'll do anything else. And I would tell my family that. They would be like, can you do this for me today? And can you help me with this? And I'd be like, As, all I want to do is just, um... Either I had someone to call or I had to run that day and I'd be like, that's all I want to do. I'll help you with whatever you want. As long as I get this in, I'm fine. And that was good for a while. But I started noticing that my motives were very selfish and very stuck on myself. And it the Holy Spirit really started to convict me. And I, a couple days ago, or a few days ago... Um, I was just praying and crying about how selfish I was, and a friend called me later, and she was talking to me about how God had been working on her heart and serving her family and not putting like her wants and her decisions and desires above her family, and it really, really convicted me. And so this week, I have really been trying to put my family first and just making sure that my heart motive is in the right position. So in training for this marathon, I felt like God called me to do this. And so I was like, okay, I have to get this in. Whatever stands in my way, I'm going to get it in. If it's raining, if it's storming, it's going to get done because God called me to do it. And I realized that that was starting to interfere in my devotions in the morning. It was shortened and I was rushing through them, not really spending time with God. And I also noticed it was really getting in the way of my relationship with my family. And... Serving them and helping them with things that they needed help with. And so I was like, Lord, I really need you to, if if you called me to do this marathon, you're going to have to do it. I can't keep trying to push my agenda and my things on people around me when you told me to love you first and then love People around me, and so these week I have really been trying to do that. And yesterday, my family had a, a great opportunity to cut up some firewood that was like just two minutes down the road from us, and um, we had to do it yesterday. And we were going to do some today, but they already got rid of it. So yesterday, starting at like 7 o'clock, my dad and I and then my sister joined us later. We cut up firewood. Or he cut it up, I stacked it. And we did that until 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And I did not get my run in yesterday morning. And... I knew that I needed, at minimum, two and a half more miles in order to make my weekly mileage for building the endurance to do my long run this weekend. And it really, I was like, okay, God, this is your your marathon training. If you want me to do it, you're going to have to make the time for it or you're going to have to make it not matter or whatever. I mean, it's only two and a half miles. So I decided to just give that to God. And by four o'clock in the evening, I was exhausted. I mean, right after supper, I fell asleep. And I woke I don't know how long I was sleeping, but when I woke up, I felt really good. I was wide awake. My body didn't really, I mean, I could tell that I did stuff But my body didn't really feel tired enough to go out and run. So I was like, okay, I'll just put my shoes and clothes on and I'll go out. I mean, I can always turn around. I don't have to do the entire thing. And it was crazy. I got out and I felt so good. I was able to run 36 minutes straight without stopping. And I haven't been able to do that in this heat and humidity since spring. So I was just so grateful to God I got in half a mile more than I actually needed to. and it was just, I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. and it just it just proved to me that God can make things happen if we'll give our lives to Him first, if we'll do what He has asked us to do. And, So my feelings were telling me, you know, I need to get up bright and early and I need to get my run in. I need to ask, say, hey, can we wait a half hour before we leave so that I can get my run in? I was like, no, God, I give this to you. It doesn't have to be done. And partly I was like, well, if I don't get my marathon training in, I won't have to run it. So (laughs) I know that's bad, but. Um, so yeah, it was just really good reminder. And then one of the other things my friend was telling me is that in serving her family, she's found this new joy. And I have noticed that personally on days that I don't have anything to do or have anything scheduled. I'm ahead. I just, then I'm like, I willingly served my family and I would help them with projects that Nate needed help with. And I noticed that it was very rewarding and it was very satisfying and fulfilling. And I just really enjoyed doing stuff for them and I would be full of joy. And I have experienced that again this week ever since my friend and I were talking. Um, I... I've really just been, okay, Lord, I'm going to serve my family. And I have been filled with joy this whole week, which is very strange, considering that I actually have a lot of stuff on my list left to do. And this was one of them, but I was sort of, you know, going by my feelings of how I'd rather read. And it was funny. I was like, you know what? I don't have any passion to put into a podcast for you all, so I'm just going to read, and then if I feel like it later, I'll try to get one in, and as I started reading, it was talking about joyfully serving the Lord and putting our heart into that and just being content where we are, and I was just filled with this passion of, that's why I'm doing it. And I, it totally renewed the vision behind what I'm doing and why. And I immediately got up and grabbed the microphone and my phone and I was like, I'm going to do this. So it was going to be a midweek motivation for you guys, but It turned out to be a little longer than I was expecting. I think I'm at 18 minutes now. So this will have to be turned into a normal podcast for you guys. But, um, yes, so passion can and is a good thing. God created feeling. He created passion. But our passion should be in the right focus. I can't, if I can think of the verse reference, I'm horrible at memorizing references for verses, but it says to set our affection on things above and not on things on the earth. And it says in Psalm that there is joy in the presence of the Lord and riches in his presence and that to me like why would we want to go searching after a bunch of worldly things when we could easily just seek what our soul is longing for which will then ultimately fuel everything else that we do in life we seem to have these lies swirling around in our head that God has a dreary, boring life set out for us and that if we do what he's called us to do, we're just, we're going to be miserable and then we'll like have a calendar of, okay, one down, one day down left, one day down left, one day down, however many left. I know sometimes if I'm really struggling with something, I'll be like, okay, if I had to deal with this the rest of my life, I only have so many more years left, and that's not bad as long as I'm doing what God has called me to do. I know it is a horrible perspective, (laughs) but it has crossed my mind, and but it's in making the decision where the passion is going to come. You can bring passion into whatever you do, And I feel like passion is fueled by where we put our heart. So if our heart is on Christ, we're going to be passionate about serving Him and doing His will and just letting Him love us. I mean, we love Him because He first loved us. It's because of His love for us that we are able to do anything or that we even want to do anything. I know a lot of times my heart can be totally against, and that would be your negative feelings. They just, I don't feel like doing what I know is right. But then I'll be like, I'm going to make this decision because I know it's right. And then have you ever noticed like you start doing what you know is right And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, this isn't that bad. It's actually kind of enjoyable. Like you can, you can bring passion into anything you do. It's where your heart is. It's where your focus is. And it's what you believe and where your heart is. I think I already said that. (laughs) But just focusing on where our focus is and where we put our passion and where we our fulfillment and contentment comes is really the only thing that is going to fulfill us. And I I just, I love spending time running. I mean, that just, there's just something about (laughs) going out and torturing yourself, torturing your body and just like, Beating it into subjection, I think that's what Paul said in, oh, maybe 1 Corinthians. He was just saying that he beats his body into subjection. And that's technically what we're doing. We're just, we're training our bodies and our minds to do what, what we are asking it to do. And because we have that desire passion's going to come with it and it's just it's it's so so rewarding y'all and if you i mean if you just go to god and say i want to see if this works okay some people may say that's testing him but he already knows so it's not like you're going to be like Oh God, I'm gonna do this for you, but in your heart you're thinking, I want to see if this works. Why not just tell him? I mean, be honest with him. Be like, okay, I want to do this. I know it's right, but I'm also wanting to see if your word is true, if you're actually gonna reward me, if you're going to really do what you say you're gonna do, and it says to taste and see that the Lord is good. And regarding tithing, it says to test him and see if he will not pour out a reward for us. And just, I think it's where our heart is. It's where our passion is. I I pray that one day jesus will be my all-consuming passion that he will be what i talk about more than anything else honestly if i get passion for jesus as much as i have in the past over running (laughs) then that would be great because my family just got sick of me talking about running (laughs) um and just i would apologize to people when I would be like talking with them, especially if they were like asking for advice or something, I'd be like, look, I love running and it correlates with Christian life so much. So I apologize if I use that as an analogy. Um, I'm actually in the process of coaching three girls to run and they have made different remarks about how it's really neat that the Christian life and running is so similar and teaches us so much. And I I think if you were to look at any occupation, any sport, anything, just anything in this world, you could come up with analogies and comparisons with anything. I used to do horse training and I was training like instructing two girls on how to ride one time. And I would use that. I would use how God trains us the same way we train horses. And it was just, there was so many different analogies you could use. And I've heard so many about like fixing cars or, um, what was the other one that was really popular? Gardening, I know gardening is a really big one. My my family and I used to market garden until we realized it was just too much. And that has a lot of comparisons. I know, um, yeah, I, I know there's more. <laughs> you guys will have to let me know if you have found any in your own life or if you've heard of others. that kind of slipped my mind what the other ones were that I've heard of. But I want to leave you guys with the encouragement to not take action. Just open your eyes and look around and just look at look at where God has put you. Just Ask him to open your eyes. That's all. Just ask him to show you things to, to so that you can see things. It, it's amazing. I feel like I've had blinders on for my entire life until I think about three years ago, I started taking the blinders off and I started looking around and got started opening my eyes to different truths and opening my eyes to... How other people treat us is shows us how they're feeling on the inside. So I found a phrase that was really good. It says, free people, free people, and hurt people, hurt people. Now say that a few times so that you get it. It took me a couple times. You may get it right away. But people treat us the way they feel people treat us because of what has happened to them or because of the way they feel about god or the way they look at life is how they view god and it's just just having your eyes open to realize the truth of why people treat you certain ways or to realize why you do stuff and to see how the world is turning upside down because we've strayed so far and we have so many lies about who God is and even who we are I mean it's it's sad it's sad and convicting and joyous and just every other word you can come up with when you start seeing things because It's just like, you've been blind, and now you can see. I was telling a friend the other day, I can't imagine having been blind. I'm not sure which guy it was in the Bible, but he was blind his entire life. And I can't imagine what it felt like to finally be able to see I mean, that's just giving me chills right now, just thinking about that. I mean, and the people who could never walk, and they, God healed them, and they're able to walk. I mean, can you imagine the, just just the total change that would make for you? I forget where I was going with that. <laughs> so sorry, guys. My mind is just a little scatterbrained right now. Um, so, yeah, I would just, I would challenge you to just ask God to open your eyes. I have a f- another friend of mine. She said that she prayed God would open her eyes and reveal anything in her that displeased God, that didn't please Him, that was wrong. And when she said that, I was, and I was like sort of worried about her because I'm like, everybody has sin, some more than others, but none of it is worse. God sees every sin the same as everybody else. And one sin is not worse than another. but. Just, she's, I think she was telling me that is, like, really convicting. But also, when you ask him to open your eyes, you have to agree with him. Otherwise, you're just going to put the blinders back on. If you don't agree with what he's showing you. So if he points out that you have pride in your life. Agree with him. Don't disagree with him and say no. Otherwise, you're just going to put the blinders back on and you're going to continue living the way you're living. Just be like, yeah, Lord, I'm sorry. I have pride. And then when he shows you the next thing, say, like, you've been hurting somebody, or this person hurts, pray for them, or just anything. Just anything he brings to mind. I mean, even the beauty of nature. It, it's like nature looks totally different when you ask him to open your eyes. I mean, there's actually beauty in it that you don't really notice. And yeah, I, I could just go on and on. And I've heard plenty of people say that. Um, one person, they were sort of in like a counseling session And they would walk in and out of this building every day for, I think it was like five days. And one of the times he walked out, he was like, how long has that, that barrel been there? That is so pretty. And somebody who was with him said, that's always been there. He's like, oh, it was like, because his eyes had been, had been open because he was agreeing with God about his sin, he was taking care of stuff. And even not just sin, I mean, just even just lies or stuff about your past that you've been holding on to. I mean, there is so many different blinders. I think I talked about that in an earlier podcast, but there's so many different blinders we can put on. And so. Please, just just try it and just see what happens. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Be Still and Run. I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you're having a wonderful summer. I can't believe that we're already past halfway through 2021 it seems ridiculous (laughs) but I hope you're accomplishing your goals and your resolutions I know probably about half of mine will be accomplished the next half will be pushed on to next year with some extras (laughs) so I hope you guys have a wonderful week and I'll see you next time